Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Oxbow Rum Distillery, local family-grown small-batch rum, embodying the essence of Louisiana sugarcane harvest. OxbowRumDistillery.com. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Maida, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. Yoga is crazy popular in the United States, and over the last decade, it's only gotten more popular. In 2021, 34 million Americans took a yoga class. That's up 15 million from a decade earlier, and the industry has adapted to Western exercise habits. It's not a strictly spiritual practice here. It's a way to build muscle tone and balance. It's also a very competitive industry. Dozens of yoga studios have come and gone in Lafayette over the years, and my guest Tony Heinen spent much of the last decade as a Pilates and yoga instructor in other people's studios. And in 2019, after 14 years in the yoga biz, she bought her own studio, Good Wolf Yoga Studio. And since then, she's grown the operation with a lot of love and community support. Today, the operation employs 27 people to run classes from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. Good Wolf runs classes for all experience levels, including hot yoga, power yoga, and Tabata yoga, and their most pop- which is their most popular course. She's a certified yoga and bar instructor and she also co-owns amy's kitchen and is creator of booty ballet we'll learn more about that i'm sure later tony heinen welcome to out to lunch thank you yeah. that's great <laughs> you made me sound good <laughs> good well you make you sound good tony so <laughs> yoga's you. popularity in Acadiana shouldn't be all that surprising indian culture has had a presence here for decades lafayette has long attracted students and professionals from the indian subcontinent folks like Jay Patel, who came to Lafayette in 1978 to work as a mechanical engineer. Uh, Jay helped anchor a growing presence of Hindu people by founding the Acadiana India Association in 1991. He stepped away from AIA in 2013 to build a temple. Uh, he comes from a family of temple builders. His father and uncle each built one. And for years, the Acadiana Hindu community gathered without one. In 2019, Jay opened the Sri Krishna Baliji Mandir in Lafayette. Mandir is Hindi for temple. Jay Patel. Welcome to Out the Lunch. Thank you. Yeah, Tony, I'm really struck by the number, I think, of yoga studios that have opened over the years and certainly a number that I've watched close. But, I mean, you seem to have thrived thus far. I mean, what makes a successful yoga studio in Lafayette? For me personally, it's um, small community, keeping it small, keeping it family-like, mm-hmm. and adding on more than just yoga, which yeah. you said I teach booty ballet, yeah. um, Tabata yoga. So we've incorporated... When I first bought Good Wolf, it was hot yoga only. <laughs> and so I needed more space. Rented the space next door, which the original layout was Body Factory. Mm-hmm. So Body Factory rented the entire space. When Body Factory left the building, they left an entire section unused for, I think, seven years. So Good Wolf was using just a portion. Mm-hmm. All they needed was hot yoga, so they had one studio. So when Tony walks in, buys Good Wolf, I rented the additional space, mm-hmm. and that's where our non-heated classes are. So when people join Good Wolf or come to visit, they have an option, heated classes or non-heated classes. And so we're the only one in Lafayette that's offering both mm-hmm. and offering bar classes and offering the multitude of all the different classes. 
the only one in Lafayette doing it. Wow. You know, I, I feel like, and just correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like I've watched trends come and go in sort of the yoga studio industry. Like you talked about hot yoga. There was a minute, it felt like three or four years ago, where they were all sort of like, we're doing hot yoga, or yeah. there would be these national brands that would come in. I mean, is it tough to keep up with that? Do you feel like you have to adapt to, well, now there's this market demand for this different style of yoga when there wasn't, say, 10 years ago or two years ago or whatever it is? We do change, and we have changed quite a bit since COVID. Yeah. COVID changed a lot in um, in minds. It's amazing. Just for instance, people now since COVID, they prefer a 45-minute class hmm. over an hour class, which is weird. So on our schedule, it'll say 45 minutes, and it's because we got so accustomed to staying home. Mm-hmm that people have a hard time staying away from home. So our hour and a half classes, we had three a week and we're down to one. Mm -hmm. They won't come for an hour and a half. People like to be home. So we're adapting to to what's going on in the community and and just rolling with it. And so as far as for the hot power yoga, we, anybody can venture off what, like what we teach, Baptiste Mm -hmm. yoga. Mm but we always come back to it because they always want that. Hmm. So some people like the f- having something they're familiar with yeah. and just keep rolling with what they are familiar with. And sure, some people like change, but for our community, most people want the exact same JIP Baptiste flow mm-hmm. when they come. Hmm. Is it because they're familiar with it? They just love the heat. They know the poses that they can get into. And so it... it um, it challenges them because they know what's coming and they can challenge themselves to go deeper into the poses. Got it. I don't know if that made sense. Sure, it made okay. sense to me. Uh, Jay, I'd like to bring you in here a little bit. I mean, so so folks, you know, you, you arrive in 1978, right? Uh, you, you found an Acadiana Indian Association and we don't, we don't have a temple until 2019, like a, a, a temple in the, in, in the sense that I think most people would think about it, like a, a structural, spiritual space. So what did people, you know, what did Hindu people do in Lafayette as far as worship between, you know, 1970 and, you know, 2019? Well, uh, going back to the yoga, I, I want to add just a little bit to it. Sure. Yoga is a union of your Atma, soul, to the Paramatma that is the God. And uh, I used to teach in my Sunday school yeah. the yogasana ah, wow. and then a meditation. In fact, every Sunday school starts with an asana and a meditation. So I'm connected with you <laughs> <laughs> in the yoga. <laughs> so um, my family background is where it helped me where I was going. Mm-hmm. I was born in a farm country back in India and two, three things that from basically from childhood lined me up. One was a very uh, ritual Hindu. Mm-hmm. My, I, when I was a baby, my father used to keep me on the side. and So it was all instilled in my brain. And then later on, we have a master who taught us the yoga, mm-hmm. the, the Ashtanga yoga that was established by Patanjali 5,000 years ago. Wow. So. I'm just a little bigger, but so I am <laughs> no, also. Okay, I, please. I, I'm also into that. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, so those things carried me. Then I added mechanical engineering, yeah. and I came to U.S. Yeah. All these added to when I come here. Bay Area is when I came from. Mm. Drexel was my uh, original uh, uh, graduation of mechanical engineering. Okay. Too cold. Left to West Coast. West Coast, I couldn't afford. 
to stay more than five years, yeah. I couldn't buy a house, yeah. so we decided to move to Acadiana. Oh, wow. Well, all my tradition, we continued, and there was very few Indian people were there, mm -hmm. or Hindus. I started my own family. We do prayers morning, evening, and people started joining. And then we call it a Sunday school because it kind of correlates with everybody's Sunday school, what yeah. it is. Yeah. And so we carried on those traditions, Hindu traditions, and it grew. Mm -hmm. And we had a band of Sunday school. It would knock you out. People would cry. It's such a nice music, melodious, and we sing. And also then we explain. My goal was to teach my own children and other children who come to be sure they understand what is Hinduism, what we're doing in that Sunday school, mm -hmm. and uh, they understand so they can explain it to others. So that's how we started mm -hmm. uh, back in 78. And slowly uh, that Sunday school grew, and it came to a point where community got together. When I was working at Baton Rouge, um, Jacobs, mm -hmm. ExxonMobil, and um, one day they, they all got together and invited me. I said, we want you to come to a uh, uh, meeting tonight. I said, what is it about? So I did go, and they said, we have decided that we want you to be a president mm -hmm. of a Indian uh, association. You name it, you do the bylaws, everything, but we want you to lead this association. So basically everything was put on my lap, but everything that they know, I had basically taught them. Mm -hmm. So they decided this is the right man. And that's how the Kiriana Indian Association was born. Yeah, I wanted Hindu Association, but because of my uh, bringing up, yeah. a lot of people had a resistance with Hindu word. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, we're gonna back off. Yeah. We can have uh, Muslims, we can have uh, Sikhs, yeah. everybody can. And let's call it an Indian association. That's how it was born. And this is a recognition yeah. of uh, my, uh, my contribution to that. Yeah. Quickly, I realized that I'm not into only the Indian. I am in a spiritual path, which is Hindu. Yeah. So we made it automatic such that every vice president after me would next year become a president. Mm -hmm. So nobody stays in one position for long, more than a year. So I, was, I managed to get out of uh, staying in Acadian Indian Association. And then I continued the path of Hindu. Mm. And again, Sunday school grew to a point. A lot of these people and a lot of uh, um, um, doctors and engineers and businessmen, they keep asking me, we need to have a temple. We need to have a temple. We don't have a temple in a hundred plus miles. So I said, I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm also project manager. I built a plant mm -hmm. in ExxonMobil. I was a manager of projects and, and project manager. Yeah. So I had dealt with 200 million, 300 million. I said, this is a small project. So I waited till a point when I'm about to retire. I said, guys, my energy levels are dropping. If you guys want to act on it, you're going to have to help me and we will build a temple. Yeah. Believe me, they heard. This 30-year talk, I, we put it in action. And we started with a small funding. I always believe in doing what I can do. Hard to imagine. Jay has brought us pictures of the temple that they built over here, which is, which is just gorgeous. Um, you know, it's certainly something that you've unfurled for us is like sort of this long connection, right? 5,000-year history around yoga. 
And I mean, I gotta say, like you go to a yoga studio today, I don't know that you necessarily feel that connection. I mean, like, do you, Tony? I mean, mm -hmm. like, do you, do, you, do no. you feel like that's there? Do people like, I I've been to some where like, I feel like I can go through, I've done yoga before and like, I get to the Shavasana part, which is the part that I like, the part where you rest, yeah. <laughs> which is really all I'm looking for. Uh, and that, that's the only part that ever feels sort of spiritual, right? Where folks actually bring in, you know, s some elements of it. I mean, like, do people come to the studio looking for that at all? No. Or, it, or do no. they choose which yoga studio they're going to based on whether they want that sort of more spiritual connection or that more fitness-based thing? There may be some in Lafayette that are more religious, then w we don't sure. do that. Yeah. It's just I, I fitness. Pe yeah. yeah. People don't know enough about the background, yeah. so they're not looking for that. Yeah. It's just that I'm I'm saying how it came about in this world, sure, and how it came to you. Is there? I mean, what's the perspective of that from folks that come to it from a religious perspective? I mean, they look at you know sort of the the Americanized version, which you know uh, people primarily come to for you know exercise, right? I mean, is it? I don't know. I guess I'd be curious to hear from your point of view. Like, how do you how do you perceive that? Is that like? So there is a big difference between religious yeah. and spiritual. Sure. Spiritual is mind, body, and soul. Yeah. Religious is more like what you see Christianity and how things are taught yeah. and how they're carried on. So mind, body, and soul, it truly has nothing to do with any religion. Right. It is you yourself mm -hmm. and your soul. Yeah. And some people believe in reincarnation like I do. Hindus. Right. Um, other religions don't believe in that. Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. You have a soul, you have a body, you have a mind. Mm -hmm. You want to make it the healthiest that you can. Right. And this 5,000-year-old yoga, uh, there is How to Know God is a small booklet. Mm -hmm. It is a Patanjali, the rishi, the rishi, the saint who mm -hmm. wrote this yoga. It has a very methodical how you do things. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to know, I'd be glad to. because. I was asked by one of the devotees in uh, uh, New Orleans to write about the Hatha Yoga, yeah. Kriya Yoga. And I had to do my research <laughs> to, to really get to, so that's how I got deep into it. Yeah, sure. But it is more connected from the ancient time to be what is, the, how, how, how can you live a best life with your soul, body, and mind? Yeah. And like I said, it has, it should not, we should not bring in other religion into that. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with temple builder Jay Patel and yoga studio owner Tony Heinen. Tony, I mean, one thing I, this kind of brings up, though, for, for me, which I think is interesting, I mean, like, you know, over the last 25 years, the, the yoga has, has developed as an industry, and I suppose it's kind of come away from maybe some of those roots that I imagine. Right. I'm, I'm picturing in my mind, right, and, and I don't know to be the expert on this, 50 years ago, there were people in this country that were probably doing this, and it was more of a, like, hey, we're interested, like the Beatles going to Marrakesh or something. Right. Like, we're interested in, you know, you know the Hindu uh, spiritual practices and stuff like that, but over time, I mean, is there a point at which like one thing you mentioned right with Baptiste style like I, I wouldn't presume just based on the name like that has that's not the same thing as uh, these other versions Ashtanga right that, that would seem to be more rooted in I mean talk to me a little bit it's about just power it's just power what does that actually mean for folks who have no bearing on like what the sort of exercise version of this is what does Baptiste power yoga actually mean it's just he um, Baptiste Baron Baptiste created okay the, the yoga uh, Baptiste flow right and so he has his own institute like I'm an affiliate yeah. of it so you have to um, join in 
and I'm, I'm the only one in, I think there's two of us in Louisiana that are affiliates. Wow. So um, it's just it's just the way that he flowed. And I think he did... Um, Bikram. 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 He got in a lot of trouble. Right? So I didn't realize it was just named after a person. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bikram yeah. is a name. Okay. Yeah. And he did get in a lot oh. of trouble. And so Baron didn't like that. Okay. And so Baron created his own. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and just like I could create booty ballet, I created my own thing, <laughs> yeah. and then just go with it, you yeah. know, just like you know, you created your own thing, and then you just go with it, and there's nothing stopping us from creating our own thing. Let's quickly talk about booty ballet. I feel like okay. this is a nice uh, segue <laughs> here. Um, I, I mean, like you said, one thing you're talking about is the idea that you know a person might create a practice of any yes. sort of fitness style, yes. and I mean, like yeah. you've moved from being a you know an instructor, uh-huh. right? Like for, for many years, into somebody who's an entrepreneur, right? You yeah. own a business. I mean, is the idea that one day you know the Tony Heinen name would be you know we'd be, we'd all be practicing Heinen booty ballet? I mean, is that kind of where you're trying to get? No. 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 So no, talk to me, I mean, what is booty ballet? Yes. Let's just start there with brass okay. tacks here. So when I was an instructor at a local women's facility yeah. that is now shut down, yeah. <clears throat> I, um, I was originally started with Pilates mm-hmm. and just wanted a little bit more. And BAR, B-A-R-R-E, right. was becoming very popular. So I went to Houston and got in training for a weekend, did yeah. my first BAR certification. And <laughs> it was a bar, B-A-R-R-E, is the bar in the facility that you use for class. This is basically well, like ballet, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's ballet movements, Pilates yeah. movements, and yoga. Just a combo of okay. the three. And so when I come back to the gym to teach, there is no bar. Mm-hmm. So it cannot be a bar class officially because we have yeah. no bar. And because I didn't own the facility, I can't ask owner to put a bar so Tony Heinen can teach bar class. Okay. So then there came Booty Ballet and it became my own thing. I can teach this, use wall, use what I have in the facility and do my own bar. So it's sort of like if you make sparkling wine outside of the Champagne reason of France is a Prosecco is booty ballet is what you're telling That's me. That's right. Okay, got it. That's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And so now that I have my own place, yeah. I have a bar. Good. Okay, cool. That, that explains it. That explains <laughs> but it. I just kept the name because at one point I did certifications for ladies. I had 20 ladies that yeah. got certified to teach booty ballet yeah. in Lafayette. Wow. So they're still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So Jay, I mean, I'm struck by the background here that, that temple building is in the family, right? I mean, I just, and, I, and I'll say this coming from, you know, I grew up here in Lafayette, right? And my perception is like, well, the Catholic church just like makes churches. They just sort of happen. I don't really know how that happens, but it's, so the idea that you would have like a family line of people who built churches is interesting to me. I mean, so, so what does that actually look like when it was, when, you know, when you, when you say that your father or your uncle built churches in India, or yes. excuse me, temples, I mean, what does that actually mean? Are they bi- literally they built temples? They actually they are like owners of the founders, but there is a whole group of uh, Sompura okay. is the name. They are the architect and the builder, physically the contractor yeah. of building the temple. And there is a code book. <laughs> it's an old code code book. It's called Agama Sastra. It's a it's one of the Vedic uh, the literature. Yeah. And they build it very specifically up to the code how temples should be built. Yeah. And we adopted that because the Sompura built my temple in India. 
it is equally as big as this one. Did you have to find a special kind of contractor in like yes. Louisiana to do that? I mean, I know big firms, like they do these churches in Lafayette. I mean, they're firms that build other things. They build schools, they build, you know, whatever. I mean, so, who do you go to to build a Hindu temple? Okay, yeah. so me being a project manager yeah. and a mechanical engineer yeah. and very much into engineering, I basically sat down several times with the Sompura, the yeah. one built it in India. In fact, we even got a quote from him about carved stone. One of the key thing about this temple in India, they're built from stone. They don't use uh, steel, rod, or nail. It's all carved, and it's a tongue and groove. Whoa. And <laughs> it's amazing. And it's supposed to last through the earthquake, hurricanes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The stones are heavy. Yeah. He ain't going nowhere. So uh, I learned everything from him. In fact, he drew my plan and we brought it over we gave it to the civil engineer here in lafayette yeah and uh, architect from alexandria and they actually put it together step by step how i wanted to see this temple yeah and of course we got some input from the community what they like to to support you yeah know. so Tell that's how we started yeah tony i mean strikes me right something that you've gone through right in in, in your journey here is you were an instructor and now you're a business owner, right? I mean, what was that transition like for you? I mean, you're, you're building your own, you know, temple of the body here, right? Yes. I mean, like, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying, to, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and that's a tough thing to do. Like, I mean, looking through, like, to the extent that you're now managing all kinds of processes that were not part of being an instructor anymore. You've got to be a business manager. You've got to run HR. You've got to run payroll. You've got to keep the lights on. I mean, what, what's that transition been like for you? Have you enjoyed kind of going from, I've got to worry about these classes to, I've got to worry about running a business? I think it's a great thing to do, to go through the trenches, yeah. to be able to do this. Because I, as an instructor, I had no say on, you know, who was cleaning the floors, how clean the floors were, how, who was doing this, who was doing that. So I learned what clients liked because I'm the one they would tell the complaints to or, or compliments to or any everything and anything they told the instructors. And so I just took that with my years of teaching and implemented in my studio. Mm -hmm. So my studio is very clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jay here is talking about, you know, thousand-year-old spiritual codes. I, I mean, you still have to deal with permits and yeah. codes and things like that. Was, was there a learning curve there for you? Or did you feel like as an instructor you got the management experience that you needed to actually run a business? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm very thankful for my experience. Sure. I'm thankful that I knew what it was like to do what my staff is doing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sure. Because I wouldn't want them to do anything that I wouldn't do. Yeah, I mean, has that informed just of your managerial approach then? I mean, like, the, you, you know, you're not necessarily a top-down kind of person that, mm -hmm. you know. I'm mopping floors with everybody else. <laughs> I'm on my knees scrubbing floors with everybody else. Yeah. I do everything, teach classes, do it all. Yeah. Uh, Jay, I mean, what what happens once this, I mean, so the temple was, was completed in 2019, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, what happens after that? I mean, it seems like a very big thing. I mean, you've literally carved something out of stone here that will stand the test of time. And so what does that mean for you, you know, the, the years afterwards? Are you having to go in? Are you having to mop the floors because you're noticing that somebody screwed <laughs> something fact, up in your temple? I'm, I'm connecting to her yeah. because, uh, yes, yeah. I am the one person that is almost my gut fingers into everything that is going on. And I try to stay on top. But one thing that um, 
that we did not actually build from the stone. We converted that into the local materials and how things are built here yep. per code in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 5,000-year code is not, not good enough for the, the permit inspectors in Lavi. That's well, incredible. It would have cost us $3 million if we had brought, brought the stones over. Okay, yeah, so. okay, yeah. I, so, I mean, look, obviously, whether you're building a temple, you're building a business, right? It, it takes, there's a learning curve involved. It takes a lot of passion. We all end up, I think, cleaning the bathrooms and mopping the floors one way or another. Yes, all gladly. Re relate gladly. to that. Then, then it's successful. That's if right. If you do that, then you are successful. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's absolutely the secret to success, and, and both of you guys are, are proving that point. And, and thanks again for joining me here on Out to Lunch with Adiana. So much fun. Yes. Very nice to meet you, Mr. J. Nice to meet you. Christian. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Tony Heinen of Good Wolf Yoga Studio and Jay Patel of the Sri Krishna Balaji Mandir. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Tony's yoga classes and Jay's temple by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like. You can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan and you can find more of Aster's photos on astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis, and today's show was engineered by Aaron Thomas. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. For stories deeper than the headlines, head to thecurrentla.com. Join me next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Oxbow Rum Distillery, local family-grown small batch rum, embodying the essence of Louisiana sugarcane harvest. OxbowRumDistillery.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.